Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Tuesday, the 28th of January. I'm Keith Upner Smith. He is Ty Delbert. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. And Ty, it is a little different for us, I think, to be uh, recording on a Tuesday. This is not the normal routine, would you say? It is not the normal routine, but you know what? We are men who can deal with the unpredictable. Roll with the punches. Roll with some crazy scheduling in this wild 2020 January we've had so far. Anyway, as always, if uh, if people are looking to reach out to us at the Trailcasters, uh, where could they find us, Ty, on social media? They can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and that's at Trailcasters. Yes, it is. And if we're if they're going to send us any of these emails, we sure love what kind of emails and where can they send those emails, Ty? We love fancy dancy emails. Fancy dancy emails. Trailcasters at gmail.com is where you can send those. And whenever they are listening to the pod on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, I don't know where else it would be, but we'll find more and we'll get on all those services. And where are they, or when, when they find us on there, what are we looking for? Not one, not two, not three, not four, stars. five stars. Uh, yeah, I beat you to the punch there. Sorry about that. Whatever. And the beautiful beats that we are listening to right now, where can the lovely listeners find these beautiful beats? SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. Please support Odar, all of your other local artists, as well as our sponsor, Clearly Speaking. Brandon Nuffman over at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com can help you with all of your speech and hearing needs, such as stuttering, uh, talking too fast, any sort of other uh, uh, accent reduction or any sort of uh, voice fatigue you have from yelling too much because you get too excited on whatever day you're podcasting, whether it's a Saturday, a Sunday, or a Tuesday, uh, she can help you out. So go and visit Brenda at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com. Okay, so, Ty, first things first, outside of those obvious things that we had to get done, but first things first, we need to address uh, the elephant in the room, the reason that we are podcasting not really on Tuesday, you and I planned to do it this last weekend, as usual, on uh, on Sunday, I think this week is what the plan was, but besides you being in, you being in Corvallis and uh, having some kind of scheduling stuff there, besides me having... Uh, some stuff going on on my end and kind of some schedule snafu is happening as well because that just seems to be the pattern for January. We had very, very tragic news. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, and the seven other people on the helicopter that crashed on Sunday. Forgive me for not knowing all of their names at this point. I know it has been released. Uh, other teammates, other coaches, other good people and their children. It's a tragic, tragic event. And I know on Sunday, Ty... You and I, when we got this news, when we, I think, were first seeing the notifications about uh, the helicopter crash and Kobe Bryant's death before we even had heard about Gigi being involved, I think this hit us both pretty hard. I I, I don't know. I'm going to give you a second to kind of take the floor here because I, I think you are a bit more of a, a, a Kobe historian than I would be. But for someone who has never been a fan of Kobe on the basketball court, this hit me surprisingly hard. Uh, and obviously it's something that's sent waves through the sports worlds as well as many other worlds, which is something you and I have already touched on. But uh, why don't you uh, tell me how you're feeling right now? Yeah, it definitely uh, it definitely affected me more than I thought it was going to at first. I'm not much of a Kobe historian. Uh, I mean, obviously, I followed his career. He's, he's, he's arguably one of the greatest players to ever play. Um, I used to just hate him growing up. Obviously, like us Blazer fans, we just hated him on the court, hated seeing him give us that Kobe stare when he put his lip out or hit daggers. You're like, how are you hitting shot after shot right now? <laughs> and we are trying to win this game and you can't miss. And he's like, not stopping. It's like, bro, you already have a five championships. It's a game in middle of January. Like, just give it to us. But he, <laughs> he wouldn't. So stuff like that. I hate him. But then about when I got to high school, I really started like really respecting his game. Like I used to like just growing up, I didn't, I didn't really respect games just oh that's cool he made shots but then when I got there I really like respected his craft and like how he got to his spots on the floor his moves his work ethic the night or just the fact that he was doing it over and over and over again I really started respecting him I used to start watching him on YouTube and uh following highlights after that so uh yeah it really affected me more than I thought it was going to be I think one of the reasons it did is because it wasn't like a drug overdose it wasn't like uh hmm it, I mean, or just something like that. Like it wasn't like he was doing anything bad. Like he was, yeah, he was you're, doing all the right things lately, and then it was just a freak accident. And it's just like, how does that happen to him? 
That's an interesting, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but your point being that we see celebrities who maybe get caught up in the fame, caught up in kind of uh, the riches and, and, yeah. and the grandiose lifestyle, and that brings them down. As, and as it's that still is terrible. So tragic. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's, it's a different kind of tragedy there when it's almost in some level... Uh, um, self-inflicted i guess yeah, uh, yeah. With, with, self-inflicted. Again, with like this wasn't anything he was yeah like he wasn't self-inflicting himself it was just how does the guy who is arguably one of the most famous people in the entire world like not even in the sports but just famous people in the entire world die in a helicopter crash in california when he's been getting on planes for the last 20 well, years going across country going to china going all over when, the world check this out too though i have some real irony about it uh and again sad irony i'm not trying to poke any fun at any of this um I heard a story yesterday. Uh, I saw a clip about Kobe from a years ago giving an interview talking to someone about why he used helicopters yeah. and private flights all over L.A. And the reason was his daughters. He wanted to be around his children. This dude, as much as he was the... Uh, and again, look, uh, plenty. anyone who's listening to this has heard plenty Kobe eulogies right now. We're mm-hmm. not going to spend forever on this, but this is important to touch on. Uh, this dude who is, like you said, arguably one of the best basketball players of all time, one of the most competitive people of all time in any sport across all, all all fields. That's what he was known for. And again, I think that's why this has sent shockwaves through so many fields beyond basketball and sports itself. But people across the globe recognized the drive that this man had in everything he did, the the, the push that he, uh, the motivation that like how he motivated himself to keep going. But beyond all of that, beyond all the sports, what he cared about more than anything was his daughters. And the the interview was basically him talking about his wife Vanessa would say something about, well, you know, he's got post games to handle. He's got all the other basketball stuff. He's got, he had his career to deal with. She can handle the kids. She can pick them up. And he'd be like, no, he wanted to be involved. He wanted to be part of their lives. He didn't want to be an absentee father. And so he started flying these private uh, helicopters, not flying himself, but he would, uh, he would use p- private helicopters so that he could save time uh, after practice, not to deal with LA traffic. And he was doing this for his kids. And it's, it's, I mean, again, it's always tragic, the loss of life like this, but it is even more so, uh, it's a different level. It hits you in a different way, I guess, when uh, when he wasn't doing anything wrong and when the, 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 this, that sad twist that this was literally something where he was doing it to be closer to his daughters and that was in all, I mean, in, in at the real root of it, that was the uh, the part of the cause that, 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 that had them there in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just... And then just all the other people involved, like, it's just yep. sad to hear their stories. Like, there's kids without parents now. There's parents yep. without kids. Uh, I mean, these people, like, I mean, like, most of them were all young. Like, I think even the pilot wasn't even that old. Like, they were yeah. all had so much life ahead of them. And then, like, I think for Kobe's daughter who died, I think one of the reasons that's even more affecting people is, like, he almost, uh, I mean, like, he loved his family. But, like, you could tell that this they were like, close. This girl was something special. Like, yeah, like for Sports Rise, and he was really putting his legacy into her. And that was almost yes. kind of what carries Kobe's on. So now it's like we lost Kobe, but then we also lost the person who was going to help us, no matter when Kobe retired or left, was going to help us carry on for Kobe. Let me and hit on like that. We too lost real both quick. of them. Uh, there was another piece that I saw yesterday. And again, I, I had a lot of exposure, I think, just from uh, from the day job and getting to see a lot of kind of footage and clips of people talking about this in different ways. But I think there was a, a clip from, I th- believe it was the Jimmy Kimmel show where Kobe was on there a while ago. And he had some uh, quote about dudes would come up to him, often like machismo kind of macho fans would come up and be like, oh, man, you need to have a son. You need to have a boy to carry on your legacy. And before he could even answer, he says, Gigi, the daughter would jump and be like, nah, I got this. Yep. <laughs> and she was. She was a, a, a quality basketball player for her age. And again, the fact that they were traveling, they were going to a basketball game with her and other uh, young players and their family. It's it was it's truly sad and tragic to, to hear about. And it was just distracting this Sunday. It was something that we did not want to come on here and either talk entirely about that on the podcast or try and make it some side note and then talk blazers because yeah. it just didn't seem as important no i was affected like all day i was just scrolling trying to find out more and all that stuff and obviously it's going to be a big deal for a while and there's a lot of stories out that i know people they can obviously find people who are way more connected to us who have better stories and stuff uh yeah just so tragic um it's something that it's going to be hard for the nba to move on it's it, i mean uh, kind of touching on it and moving on in a way with this. Like, the Blazers played the Lakers the first time in Staples Center right. since the Clippers game got canceled today, which is Tuesday, and the Lakers got canceled or postponed, actually, because it's just no way anyone could put a game on in L.A. at the time. And the, right. I don't blame the players or the people who are supposed to put on games who do 
the like exciting fan stuff, like the cheerleaders, like. I mean, like well, yeah, let's, we'll get he to was basically like an employee there for twenty something years, twenty five years, and yeah. what's, and he stuck around after, like he was at the games courtside. He was going there with his daughter and stuff. So there's no way they could have done a game now. But now the Blazers have to go be the first team, and I honestly, I the Lakers are gonna put on a show that night, and like, and I almost might cheer for him in a way. I mean, it's sad. Like, this game means more to them than it does us at this point. And obviously, I want the Blazers to win, but I think LeBron and all of them are going to be playing for Kobe, and that Staples Center is going to be electric, and we're going to have a tough time. But it's going to be a crazy game. What uh, an thing for the Blazers to get to be that team. Yeah, it, it's, 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 there, we'll get to that in a minute, too. There are some really interesting coincidental kind of connections between kobe and dame and the lakers and the blazers and, and we'll, we'll touch on all that in a second when we get more towards those uh those game previews uh but yeah let's uh, let's briefly talk though before we get towards uh kind of the podcast that was not from last week and then we'll talk about games as well uh from last week but uh that, that what you're bringing up there as far as when this did happen sunday there were games scheduled there were uh, basketball games nba games scheduled and even obviously yesterday there were games and while the lakers versus clippers in the staples center is being postponed, like you mentioned. The other games have not been postponed. Uh, we have seen a number of demonstrations in the beginning of games. Uh, when Blazers played the Pacers the other night, Blazers took a 24-second shot clock violation in honor of Kobe's number 24. Then the Raptor, or sorry, Pacers took an 8-second shot clock violation on the other side for when Kobe wore number 8. Uh, a good tribute, but then they played through the games. And I heard a lot of commentary around this on, uh, on Twitter. I saw one comment, that is, it's this is totally true. I don't necessarily think this is the entire case, but someone pointed out, you know, here goes the NBA talking about mental health and trying to have the back of NBA players' mental health, and then asking their dudes to go and play the same day that they heard their idol, their so uh, someone yeah. they looked up to. This guy died, and they were expected just to go on and play games. I on 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 one hand, I I don't think they were required. I think if someone said, "Yo, I can't play," they're not. They wouldn't have to. And I believe Kyrie did that among maybe a few others, uh, where he just said he wasn't going to be able to play. But um, yeah, so there's something interesting there, though. How do you feel about that? Uh, Again, given that the NBA was not forcing people into playing in games if they didn't want to, how do you feel about that? As far as would you be able to play on on a Sunday evening if you had someone you looked up to like that, someone you had been close to and maybe even a peer of had passed away suddenly? It'd be definitely hard. We've seen players do it in the past. We've seen like Isaiah Thomas play after his sister died. Yeah, well. great example. So I mean, there's just there's different stuff. There's a lot of been tragedy before, and they never really canceled games. I think the last one they did was the Boston bombing when there was that Boston yep. marathon. They canceled one. And then I think before that, it was back in the '60s or '70s. Uh, so it's pretty rare. But there's just not really a protocol for it. Um, and then I did see that the Lakers requested to have this game postponed, and then. So the Clippers, then they said, yeah, we have no problem with that. I think if one team would have done that, like you're saying, I think they would have postponed the game. And yeah. they said, I think somebody tweeted out from the NBA office or something like that, that there was no request from teams to have their games postponed that day. There Either was no they request. Didn't, yeah, there was no request to hmm. do it. So I don't think the NBA forced anybody. I think it was some, like, I think if like the Blazers or somewhere like, hey, we can't play tonight. We have like Trevor Ariza. He's too emotional. We have Dame's too emotional. We just there's no way we can really do this right now. And then they told the Pacers that, and the Pacers say, yeah, us too. I think that game would have got postponed. I just, That's a good point. That's a good point. So I think in that way, yeah. And also, I I heard a lot of players come out and say that with Kobe he would have wanted them to play. And yeah. I try to think, if this would have happened to another superstar while Kobe's playing, does Kobe sit out or is Kobe going out and playing and putting up 60 yep. for Dwayne Wade if it's Dwayne Wade? I'm not, I, whatever, obviously. That's, but no, I, I hear like, you. I think, I think Kobe would have gone out. So I think that's why some players went out and did it. But I think if teams would have requested, like the Lakers did, then I think we would see more of it. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that's a good point. So maybe a lot of the uh, the complaints on Twitter and among fans are more just it was fans trying to look out for the players and trying to Definitely. maybe have a good word in there. But I yeah, you make a good point. We even heard, heard words from Dame after the game. I think he called it an escape. He said yeah. this was a way for them to get out on the floor and not have to think about the tragedy as up close, uh, like trying to kind of a way to just take their mind off it. Uh, interesting, too, though. Suddenly we have like Dame, we uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not as obvious, but Dame is, has been very close with Kobe. He was, uh, I guess, they had a serious friendship off court. They had, um, well, like you mentioned as well, or uh, you mentioned that we were going to go play down there. And we, again, I said that we're going to touch on kind of the coincidences between the Blazers and the Lakers. Uh, but Dame's first game in the NBA was against Kobe up here, and so they they formed a bond early on. 
And besides Dame, you also now have Melo on this team who has been one of Kobe's peers and a close friend of his for a long time. He was obviously shook on And on Trevor Sunday. Ariza, who won and championships with him. That's what I was going to say. Now we have Trevor Ariza, too. So uh, Sunday, during that, I mentioned the 24-second shot clock violation the Blazers took. When the Rose Garden stood up for that, uh, when people kind of stood up to give their respect... Mello at half court, man, he took, he, he dropped his head and he had to like walk away. He was pretty emotional. And Trevor Ariza too, I think a little before that point, like Ariza maybe kind of heard it coming, kind of heard the swell building up and same thing, man. He dropped his head and had a good, a good hard shake. Uh, it's a, uh, again, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of them for getting out there and if this helped them to get on the, on the court and, uh, and, and escape or deal with it that way, then good for them. But God, that looked tough. It looked hard on them and, uh, you got to respect that. Definitely. It was, uh, just tragic, and I hope I have just I'm just praying for the family and all everybody involved, and hope that everybody can move on and have the resources they need that to help out. But yeah, it's just terrible and unthinkable. It's just like it still almost doesn't seem real. Like every once in a while, I'm doing fine. I just kind of think about it. I'm like, wow, Kobe Bryant, yeah. no longer here. It's it's strange. And you know, okay, last thing before we move on from this, Rachel Nichols on the jump the other day, I thought had put it really nicely too. She was pointing out how to, you know she does a very kind of poetic intro sometimes when we has when she has one of these hot topics to mm-hmm. right at the uh, start of the show. She was basically using the phrase he was just here or we were just talking about him in the idea that Saturday LeBron passed Kobe for all-time scoring. Right before that, they had, I think, uh, Kevin Garnett or someone else yeah. was in the studio talking about Kobe Bryant. So all these things where he was just here. And like you said, it's 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 weird to think about that someone who has been such an influence in so many aspects. And okay, look, again, I said we were going to move on here, but I just got to touch on this too. Uh, everyone is a flawed person. Everyone, I'm, I, like you and I both said, Neither of us were huge Kobe fans. We even hated him on the actual court itself. As far as sports fans, he was a dude that you love to hate, but obviously we respected his game outside of that. Off the court, he was still not a perfect person. There were things that, uh, I mean, let's just come out and say it, the, the, the rape case from back in 2006, that will always be a stain on on anybody's uh, reputation. Mm-hmm. Kobe, without getting into details, he did what he could do to move past yeah. that reinvent his career after that and all, all of that aside he was probably the single biggest he has been the single biggest supporter of the WNBA and women's sports more so than probably any any other single individual on the planet and maybe even more so than the NBA itself he was I think it was last week or two weeks ago he said that or that I think he said that you could put players from the WNBA yeah and and that they could play like in the NBA and that was a topic of conversation that's one of the yeah. reasons he was in the news because he was saying he was and he said it pretty confidently like yeah there's players who can play it or who can play definitely yeah so so again it's a uh, no one no one is trying to make him a saint no one is trying to say that he was a, a a perfect figure but rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi and the seven other people on the helicopter uh, and yeah it's a uh, let's let's all make sure that we hug our loved ones and appreciate what we have because it can be gone in a second. All right, so moving on from the, the the heavy stuff. Thank you all for sticking with us through it. Wow, we went almost twenty minutes on that. <laughs> Sorry, Ty. Uh, but hey, let's uh, let's talk about some other craziness from our our Trailcasters lives, more locally zoned for us here. We had a pod last week. You and I got together uh, to talk about a whole bunch of things. Uh, we we talked about Dame versus Russ. I think something is wrong with Russ psychologically. Uh, maybe let's, let me rephrase that. Not something wrong with him. He doesn't have like any sort of mental health issues. But the dude is immature. He needs to grow up, and it's 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 a it's a silly thing that I think professional sports athletes should be bigger than. Put that in the side. Put that aside. Actually, listeners, if you want to write us on, uh, <laughs> tell me that I'm wrong about Russ. If you love Russ that much, write us uh, at Trailcasters or at Ty Delbridge. Don't bother sending anything else anywhere <laughs> else. Uh, one other thing we hit on though last week was uh, Jason Quick's article on Brandon Roy. He put out a yeah. really nice piece, uh, Quick's White Whale article, essentially, on Brennan Roy. He was uh, a piece he'd been working on for a number of years. If you have not read this, please go and, go and read this. Ty, I think you and I both give this big Rex, right? Big, big, Two big thumbs up. Uh, yeah. It was excellent. Uh, there's the reading form. There's a podcast form. Yeah, he did the, like the, it's basically like what he wrote when he did the interviews with Brandon Roy. Yes. You can go hear Brandon Roy talk about some stuff. Uh, yeah, it's excellent. It, it'll make you... Uh, definitely appreciate Roy maybe even more than we did just as when he was here in his short time. Now kind of gives you more perspective on him. So definitely uh, go and check that out. All right. And so the final thing that we were going to talk about last week. So that, yeah, this is what I was trying to get to. We talked about those things and I had a really nice, awesome uh, interview with uh, uh, Michael Lohman from SLC Dunk about some social media trends. Go and check that episode out from last week. That is the interview. That interview made the episode. Our other stuff had to get cut because... 
Ty, after you and I talked about Damon Russ and talked about the the Brandon Roy piece from Jason Quick, we finish our pod. I drive into work, and uh, we're going to do the interview piece later, but I get into work, and that day we see the uh, the notifications that there has been a trade finally. Oh, the yeah, I, mean, I, I, I feel like I want to talk about it as if it's present, because we haven't gotten to talk about this yet. God, that's crazy. This happened like over a week ago, bro, and you and I have not actually gotten to talk about the trade at all. But hey, so again... Same way that everyone has heard about Kobe by now. You've all heard about the trade that sent Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver to Sacramento for Trevor Ariza. Uh, Wayland Caleb Gabriel? Caleb Swanigan. Wayne Gabriel. Winning Gabriel. That's how you say it. Winning. It winning a man. Okay, we got to get his uh, his first name right because I know when they first put it out there, they said Wendell Gabriel, and that was the wrong name, like wrong player entirely. And yeah. I thought I saw like a Waylon or something, like with some Y in there. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll figure that one out. Uh, to be totally honest, though, he's probably the least likely to see the court too. Have we seen him play a game yet for the Blazers? Uh, nope. He hasn't. He hasn't even came out uh, for any minutes, like oh. wasted time or anything like that yet. But we've seen Trevor Reza starting, and we've actually seen Biggie getting some good minutes Caleb so far. Again, welcome back. Looks good. Um, yeah, man. I know some people aren't super excited to see him out on the court, but um, you we need, need bodies. bodies. <laughs> you need people who can actually bang around down low. I saw some people saying that. Why is he playing over Nasir? Nasir's a wing, and Caleb's a big body. Yeah. Nasir's like 200 pounds. Yeah. Caleb's like 260. He He's banged with bigs. He's got experience. So, like, you need bodies. He's not that bad out there. Uh I think guys that can pass and shoot and who are just smart, like he's not a terrible basketball player. He's just not super athletic and he can't do a whole lot. I mean, like he can't put up 20 and 10, but he can like, on like that first game, like he was making touch passes. He was finding the right guys. He can hit threes. And so I think teams have to respect that. So I don't mind having him back and he looks like he's better shape now. I liked when Biggie was here. Obviously I wish we would have taken Kyle Kuzma maybe before, but we can get into that (laughs) to a different time. But um, I hope this is a better go around for him. And I'm a huge fan of Trevor Ariza coming here. I've wanted Trevor Ariza on the Blazers for the last two, three years now. Oh, I yeah? was like, we need a wing. How about a veteran? Okay, well, how about a journeyman guy like Trevor Ariza who could fit ne- perfect next to Damon CJ? And it's showing. Like, he's not forcing anything. He's making the smart passes. He's hitting. He's shooting when he knows he can. Well, like, he's let me experienced. Ask you I, let me ask you, what makes you... What, why do you think that they didn't pick up Ariza till now? Because I, I agree. I feel like we've looked at him in past years, or at the very least when we've heard, okay, the Blazers need a wing. There's been like, well, hey, could we get Trevor Ariza? And then he goes to the Rockets or something like that. But I think why, maybe why think he was person? maybe uh, he was trying to be more on a contender, and he ah. maybe didn't see the Blazers like a contender. And then in these forms, when he goes to the Kings, I think money. They give him a fat deal. So I think maybe chasing rings or chasing contenders and then money was the last couple of years. And then so the Blazers... Didn't really have both to go pay him a bunch of money to come be next to Damon CJ. Um, or then when he was a free agent, they already had, like, or I think they missed him by a year, like, with the Turner deal and stuff. And stuff, so stuff like that, I think... Uh, so I just, just timing, there was any, essentially. Just timing, and I think now it just kind of works out. I mean, now he's later part of his career, so not as well for the Blazers, but I mean, he's played well. He's already been here. He's been here three, four yeah. games, and I <clears throat> really like what I see. Well, can you imagine, though, if we had had... Ariza on the roster last year for the uh, Western Conference Finals run. Oh, like just one more solid wing there. I can't wait. I, I I'm honestly really hope they keep him, and I can't wait to see Dame, CJ, him, and Collins and Nurkic. Like that's really perfect. You, what's I, his contract situation? I'm not exactly sure. Okay, just uh, leave I need this to actually for a sec. Leave, leave look the pod at that. I'm gonna look this. Up. Yeah, let's look. Yeah, that. look at that up. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped to see that because he's already playing well. Uh. Like he's playing well with this team, and he's making the smart moves now with guys like when Nurkic is in the post drawing double teams, and he's in the corner, and they dish it to him, and he can either knock it down or swing it to Dame or CJ, and he knows what to do, and he and also like he's old enough and he's experienced enough, he's been around the league, he knows trends, he knows guys already, like he knows scouting reports, so like he knows how to play with Dame and CJ because he's tried to defend them so long he kind of knows what they want to <laughs> do, so he can kind of adapt that, and then also when he needs to go against guys, he's He's been around enough that he can kind of just adapt into the system. So I, I mean, I would like to keep him around as a maybe on one year deal. I don't know what his contract is. Yeah, you're looking. At All it right, up. so here we go. Yeah, his contract. He's a uh, twelve point two million this year, twelve point two million on the twenty twenty one season, and then unrestricted free agent after. Okay, that. but he is 
Yeah, so he has that deal next year, but it's a partially guaranteed. Right, only one point eight million guaranteed, very small guarantee. Something like that. So I don't know how that really all works. Uh, yeah, but I mean, maybe that money might be too big for the Blazers to keep him here. But I hope we at least get to see Collins, Nurkic, Ariza, CJ, and Dame at a one point. I feel like that could really be a nice lineup. Honestly, I don't think twelve point two is that bad. If if we could, I mean, yeah, if if that's what he would be for next year, that's that doesn't seem impossible to to yeah. keep. I guess it really just depends how the rest of the season goes. If you look like, yeah, we keep him here, add a little bit, we're gonna be right there. Or if it's like, yeah, no, this isn't working. Yeah, he's a nice player, but at this point, we're rebuilding, so scrap him. Or I don't know. Well, I have definitely liked what I've seen from him so far, and like you said, he is a veteran. He's a little. Uh, He's got a little less left in the tank than he had if we had gotten him a year or two ago, but he still seems like a good fit. The question is going to be how much of that appeal is because of how thin our roster is right now. Like if we had a healthy hood, if we had, I don't want to say a healthy base. I think that even works better for him. I think think he's the type of guy that he doesn't need to be the go-to option anymore. He would almost thrive better next to hood. Like as the, you put him at power forward and now we're spacing the floor and now he's, even getting less looks because people are worried about Hood, and now he's getting wide-open threes. Okay, so let's extrapolate that. If we are going to keep him on the roster next year, can you see if we got like a starting lineup of Dame, Dame, CJ, Hood, Collins, and Nurk, can you see Trevor Reza being happy on the bench? Can you see him playing a good role there with like next to Ant maybe? Uh. Yes, because like he I mean like he did it in Sacramento, and obviously I don't, I don't think he was happy, but I think it was a situation because mm. they weren't winning, and it was the Kings. I think if he came to this team last year and and he was coming off the bench or whatever, I think he would have been fine because they were winning. So I think yeah, like if Hood is there, he might realize that Hood's a better fit. But if he can be that uh, go to off the off the bench. Or, but with Hood's injury, I mean, you might even start Ariza for a while and then have Hood come off the bench for a little Sure, bit. yeah. You know, that, that, that's a good point, too. At the very least, you have an option where if Hood isn't quite healthy in the beginning, you have someone else you can kind of use to fill in the gap without having to go through any sort of crazy uh, roster adjustments. But, yeah, in the long term, I'm trying to think of, like, as far as next year, because believe me, all I know we're only halfway through this season, but I am already looking towards next year's roster. Yep. Uh, but if we have Dame, CJ Hood, Dame, CJ Hood, Collins, and Nurk on the front, uh, starting five, Bench with like Anthony Simons, Trevor Reza, Nas. He's gonna be Little thirty-five better next year. Yeah, so so he's not gonna be relied on. As, like, he's not gonna be like the sixth man. But we've got Ant Simons and we've got Nas Little coming off the bench, and then you have a nice strong defensive-minded veteran in there. That doesn't yeah. seem like a bad move. I I could no, see it, man. In fact, I'd not just see it. I could be excited about that. I could enjoy watching that. That could be good. I'm with okay. you. All right, well, let's uh, let's look at some stuff that's a little more immediate then. Let's, uh, you know, next year's roster is a long way off still. We got a number of games to go through. We are just over the halfway point of this season. Uh, let's, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about game specifics in a minute, but how are you feeling on the first half of the season, Ty? We've had, uh, obviously, a number of adjustments, all sorts of injuries to go through. The literal plague has come after our <laughs> team, too. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's, it's been kind of a crazy one, and obviously we've had to adjust a lot of expectations from where we were in the off season. Yeah. But uh, how how are you feeling at this point? Are you, like has the has the I Mello and Ariva arrival kind of revived your hopes, or or are we still? I mean, kind my of hopes holding? my hopes are obviously they're, they were super high coming into the season, and then like right after Collins's injury, it was like uh oh. So <laughs> at first I was kind of yeah. disappointed, but now I that was only three games in too. That's what sucked. I know it sucked. <laughs> I've I'm like you. I'm already kind of looking ahead to next season. Um, I really like free agency and draft and trades and stuff. So like I can really get lost in imagining free agencies next year or trades or going into draft prospects who we should look into and stuff like that. I can get lost while Blazers aren't having the best season. I can make up for it. Um, <laughs> but I honestly do think the last couple of weeks have given me hope. I know they haven't won a ton of games, but they've been in some games and with this depleted roster, the way Dame's playing, I think I'm, I think they could make, they could squeak into that last spot of the playoffs. I mean, not necessarily saying I want them to. I would rather them go get a lottery pick. That's it, too. And maybe whatever. But, I mean, at the same time, I guess that's just us being spoiled by going to the playoffs the last, what, six, seven years, and maybe somebody like the Kings would be like, are you kidding me? I can't believe you said you wouldn't <laughs> get into the playoffs, which is true because I remember the first time when the Blazers really started getting the playoffs when I was younger. It was awesome no matter what when you go on Instagram and you see the last teams remaining and then you see the Blazers as an eight seed. It was like, that's my team's in the playoffs now. Like, There's still a chance for us. Yeah. Even though it's 0.2% we can win the championship, we're in it now. Like, We get the national TV games. No matter what, we get four games on national TV Four games where people have to watch us. Four games I get to 
watch in the playoffs where it says Blazers NBA playoffs. So stuff like that. Like, and then that's where fun times and crazy things happen. That's when Dame hit the shot against the Rockets. That's in the playoffs. Yeah. And so yeah, stuff like that. That's Brandon Roy going against the Mavericks in the playoffs when I know we lost that series, but that's a playoff memory. So yes, I would, I can, I'm, I can go both ways. Maybe that's where I've, I've stuck myself. If it doesn't go good, Awesome. More draft picks, more blow it up and reset and go get new players. If we do win, awesome. We're winning and we are doing what you're supposed to do. Win. So, well, See, that, that's a good fan perspective right there. The idea that you can go be happy with both angles. I think that's the way that we all should strive for. Uh, and, you know, I got to be honest, too. You brought it took a while good... to get there, though. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah. You got it's it's an evolved, fan, a very enlightened fan perspective for, at this point. Uh, good on you, Ty. You are a, a very experienced veteran fan. Over, <laughs> yeah, that that usually helps too. You did bring some really strong arguments there too about why it is good to get to the playoffs, even as an eighth seed, because we've seen some really awesome moments, some really fun highlights that we're always going to remember as fans. Whether it's uh, Brandon Roy or Dame, just some big awesome shots. But I'm going to push back on you a little bit here too, because. As much as it is fun to to have those highlight moments, we've also been burned by some highlights. People still bring up the series where we got swept by the Pelicans in the first round, man. Yeah, but that's because we were supposed to win that series. If we're not supposed to win against the Lakers, okay, we okay. come in with a healthy Nurkic and a healthy Collins and Dame and CJ, and Dame's coming in determined, and we win a game, and it's like, uh-oh. And then Nurkic <sighs> is dominating Anthony Davis down there or dominating JaVale McGee, and it's like, what I think it was the Mavericks that no, it was the Warriors that beat the Mavericks back in two thousand two or one with like, or like yeah. with that Baron Davis team. So that has Damian Lillard. Warriors? Yeah. He's seen that happen before. He's seen an eight seed do it. So okay, okay. See here you are again. You're backing up your argument. I like it. This is good. <laughs> I can go bring either in, way. Bringing the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you're bringing all the strong evidence, but don't worry. I'm on the fence still. <laughs> don't worry. I might just. I might all of a sudden do a Danny Meringue and just flip this and go that way. <laughs> Shout out to Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here, here's the other thing, though, too. There are now seven teams in the West that are above 500, uh, the, the top seven. And so Thunder sitting in seventh place. They are eight games above 500. And then we are what? We're still seven below 500. So we're 15 games behind seventh place. So if we are going to make playoffs, we are only going to be aiming at that eighth seed. And I don't know, man, I, I hear what you're saying, where there is always that possibility. And as a fan... I'm I'm always going to root for the team. As the fan, I'm always going to be stoked to see them get there. I, if we make the eighth seed, I will go and see a playoff game live at least one just to be there, just in case it happens like you're saying. Uh, and, you know, let's let's make it game four. So it's either that I get to see it happen or I get to see, uh, send the team off, you know. But uh, the other side of that is I just I don't on one hand, I don't want to see this squad get beat by another yellow jersey man we, we've had enough first rounders against the warriors in the last couple of years i don't want to be beat by the lakers of all teams too i love beating the lakers i don't want it to go the other way around especially when you see how many lakers fans and former warriors fans show up now, in portland man. oh god this is so ridiculous dude uh <laughs> but yeah i don't know it's and you know again shout out to danny hey! i think he has a point with what this team needs is draft picks. We're not going to be a free agency team, so we have to either do it through trades or through the draft. And we are making some trade moves. I would like to see another one, hopefully. We, I'm still crossing my fingers that the, the Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver for Ariza is the first shoe, and I'm waiting to hear what the second move is that's coming from Neil O'Shea to, to move Whiteside or someone else out and get a, a real strong wing in here for the future. But if that doesn't happen, we need draft picks. And the draft picks would be significantly better if we don't make the playoffs this year. It's just one year. Like, sacrifice one first-round loss to have a better oh, chance at not that. having more first-round losses next it. time. I would love I would love to get, like, somehow get, like, a top-five pick and just, oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, look at – I mean, I don't know how many people watch football here. It is a little bit different than football. But last year – the San Francisco 49ers had the second overall pick. They only won like two games. And then this year they're in the yep. Super Bowl because, and one of the big reasons they're in the Super Bowl is because they hit on their draft picks from having top picks. So obviously, I don't, I don't want to lose a bunch of games, but I mean, like, look at the Pelicans. They were supposed to be a playoff team last year. Obviously, they had stuff happen with Anthony Davis. They're supposed to have the ninth or 10th pick, and they land up with the first pick with Zion. Now they have a yeah. generational player. I mean, now with how the, like, I think how like the lottery odds are, like there's more of a chance to have crazy things happen. So yeah, I'm with you. You need draft picks. Obviously, that's how we build our team with Dame, CJ, Collins, draft pick, Simon's draft pick, uh, Brandon Roy, draft pick, Lamarcus, draft pick, Greg Oden, draft pick. I mean, all those guys in the past, draft pick, like uh, and Nurk trade, Nurk trade. So it does happen every now and then. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm afraid of 
of waiting on Neil O'Shea to make the right move. Although the uh, the other side, like you're saying, is to lose, uh, to to miss the playoffs this year, and to hope for a good draft pick, and it, we don't get one of those top picks. If we just end up with like another tenth pick, let's say that turns into another Zach Collins or Myers Leonard, not a bad thing in my opinion, nope. but it's not going to satisfy fans. It's not going to be. Or like, you can use that pick then to trade if it's if it's something maybe the. Some teams maybe want a lottery pick when you're trying to trade this summer. Mm. And like the idea of a lottery pick is better, even though like it might be 13 or 14, even though like, oh yeah, like it's a lottery pick instead of the 16th or 17th pick. Right. So yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm either way and I've, I've, I've gone there now. So it is helped my mental. So I think I help everybody should try it. Yes. No, I'm good with that, man. It's, it's for all of our mentals, for all, for, for all of our uh, the sake of our mental health. Uh, yeah. Be ready for either side. Be ready to accept that we've missed the playoffs or be ready for a first round uh, destructive battle that hopefully we'll get some fun highlights out of and, you know, maybe get lucky. We'll see. OK, so let's talk about uh, the games from this last week. We had, you know, again, fortunately, Ty, since we deleted uh, last week's recorded episode uh, again, Listeners, if you have not yet listened to the interview that I had with Michael Loman from SLC Dunk, we had some really interesting discussion about social media trends and how certain media outlets on on Twitter and such uh, cover certain teams way more than others. There's a huge disparity there, and it does honestly affect a lot of what Ty, you and I are talking about right now, the free agent prospects and kind of the image that certain small markets have could be influenced pretty drastically by some of these uh, big media, like, you know, the ringer and other kind of big media outlets on, on social media that they really have no reason not to promote teams more evenly, but they're not doing it. So anyway, go and check out last episode uh, with Michael Loman and I talking about that. The other parts of the episode that, that did not get recorded or did not make the final cut, the stuff that fell on the editing room floor or my living room, whatever you want to call it, uh, was our game reviews from last week talking about that horrible, nasty horrible. Texas two-step road trip. The Texas two-step plus the OKC stop, that, that did not feel good. Flushed <laughs> down the toilet. That's good. That didn't yeah. get saved and put out to the world. We didn't need that. Yeah, yeah. No no need to go any further on it. Let's go a little f- a little more recent in the uh, recent history here. Recent history. Uh, Golden State was here last, what, was that Monday? Yeah, last Monday. Yep. We had a 129-124 to 124 victory over Golden State. This was amazing. I got to go there. Shout out to Seth Morgan, at Zero Sum. Hey! Uh, blanked on Twitter. Dude took me to that game Monday, man. We had a lot of fun. Uh, and, man, seeing Dame go off at the end, I think I tweeted at one point, how does Dame have a quiet 48 points? Because you, you kind of look up. It's like, how does he have that score already? And it, when he gets close, man, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome to watch him go. And, like, is he going to set the mark? But, yeah, he does. He sets the franchise record 61 points and the franchise record 11 threes uh, in that game. I'm so uh, glad they won that game for him. I would have been so pissed off for him if yeah. he would have lost. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, uh, I would not have blamed him if he would have walked into the office right there. I was like, all right, trade, trade yeah. him. I wouldn't even blame <laughs> oh, him. God, I would have done it for him. <laughs> well, okay, but so uh, two nights, no, three nights later, we had two nights off, and then we had Dallas coming to town. This one did not end so well for us, 133 to 125 loss, but Dame scores 47. So, again, Het just has a huge night, including eight threes. He's the fifth player in the NBA, his, uh, in the history of the NBA. Let's try this again. He's the fifth player in NBA history with back-to-back games of eight or more threes. And plus, uh, the Monday game against Golden State and then this Thursday game against Dallas, between those two, it was like 100, yeah, 108 points. I think I saw that he and Elgin Baylor, the only players in the NBA history to score 108 points and like 15 rebounds, 15 assists, uh, whatever it was, over two consecutive games. So pretty impressive uh, company ridiculous. that he's in. Anyone player of the week? Right. Well, okay, yeah. So uh, let's, let's wrap up this last game here, and we'll get to that one to really summarize it all. But the game that we mentioned earlier uh, on Sunday – after uh, after Kobe's passing, the players got it together and had a super emotional victory, uh, one thirty nine to one twenty nine over Indiana. Uh, this was incredible. This it was just a fire game from the beginning. I think Indiana led right at the start, but Blazers just took over at one point and just never never let up, which is what you always want to see, right? You want to see mm-hmm. him not let off the gas. But again, Dame just went off, dude. He just, he sets and ties franchise records all over the place. This is his, this was his fifth straight game of thirty or more more points. His third straight game of eight or more three pointers. Now only he and Steph have had three games in a row of eight or more threes. Uh, he was the first Blazer with forty or more points in three straight games. First Blazer with fifty points in three games in a season. Only Jeff Petrie. Only one other Blazer has had more than one fifty point game in a season, and that was Jeff Petrie way back in the day. So Dame has had three of them this year, and he was the eighth player in the NBA history to score one hundred and fifty points over three games. 
Woo. Yeah. The dude's so, on fire. He's on a different level. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous to watch him play. And when he pulls up, and it looks like it's going to go in every time. And, and like you said, man, he got player of the week uh, for January 19th to the 26th. He averaged 52.7 points, 9.3 rebounds, 7. Oh, no, sorry. No, I got that wrong. 52.7 points, 9.3 assists, and 7.3 rebounds on. Check this out. Even better than the points. I mean, uh, seriously, 52 points over a week of, uh, to average that. That is video game like <laughs> amazing. But beyond that, 53.4% from the field and 57.4 from deep. That is insane. Almost 60% from deep for a week of games. And he was taking like 12 attempts, 13 attempts or whatever yeah. like that. He's setting ins- franchise records in how many he's hitting. It's insane. Yeah, he's on fire. That's why I'm just like, I feel I feel bad for him at the moment. This is how the season's going. He's he's at this peak of his career right now, and it's just not resulting in wins. So that's got to be kind of frustrating for him. But he says he can weather the storm. I remember Jason Cook or something like that said he talked to him. And he said he can handle this. He... Like, it's just one season. He doesn't want to risk any future assets for yeah. the future. Like, he understands, yeah, I can weather this. I can handle this. So And, and what you're referencing there, too, uh, Dame a while ago, in probably some of this downtime where we, you and I were kind of uh, messing with our schedules and all this and stuff got recorded or did not get recorded or got recorded and did not make the show, uh, Dame had an interview with Chris Haynes talking about, I think the quote from it was, I didn't sign up for this. And a lot of fans kind of took that as Dame saying, whoa, 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 I'm not here for this shitty team. I want to get out of town. But that's not what he was saying. It was it was taken out of context, essentially. And what he then what Dame then clarified with Jason Quick, like you mentioned, is that he is here for this team. He 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 wasn't here for this season and he's disappointed in the way that is going. But that does not mean that he's trying to get out of town at all. Nope. Uh, and something Danny Morang pointed out as well. Shout out to him again. Hey! I think there's like a record three shout outs. He's had this show already. Uh, but. Danny was saying the other night, this is what we see from Dame every year. It's about this time of year, right before the All-Star break, when he just turns it up a notch. And the real thing that's fun to watch is, can he sustain this? Can he keep this going towards the end of the season? But, Ty, (laughs) I got to be the negative uh, Nelly on here again, uh, because I don't want him to, man. I don't want want Dame to have to sustain this. And I I get it. If if Nurt comes back, and now that we've got Ariza and Melo, if this team does start looking like they have some weapons, then great. Go for that eighth seed, have fun with it, and put on a show like we were saying. But, dude, if it's going to require Dame to be playing 40 or 45 minutes a night and going off for like 50 points or 40 points a night, that's too much, man. we got to save those games for when they matter. we got to save his minutes like that for when it matters next There's just nothing... There's nothing we can do about it. He's, just, uh, I don't I just know if anybody can tell him not to to play this good. He's going to go out there and put up numbers. The only thing the Blazers can do is take him out with 30 minutes and not okay. push back in, but there's no way you can do that. So let me ask you that then. We were already talking about how Dame was misquoted with Chris Haynes saying that he, you know, that he didn't sign up for this and people thought he wanted out of town. He then clarified he does not want out of town, that even the bad roster like this with a bad season is not enough to push him to even think about leaving the Portland Trailblazers. But... Do you really think that if Neil O'Shea said to Terry Stotts, hey, Stotts, Dame is not allowed to play more than 32 minutes a night. You're cutting him at 32. And then Stotts, if Stotts pulled Dame out at 30 or 32 minutes, you think that's going to change anything really? Does Dame then really go, okay, now I want off this team? No, he doesn't. He'll be frustrated, but then but he's going to be better I, next season. I think I honestly think he's the type of guy that like, he walks back to the scorer's table and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> he, he's going to check himself like in. He's Zion. Like, <laughs> obviously, like you see how they did with Zion. Like He was trying to force his way back in, and it was the medical yeah. team. Like, right. there's no way you can. He's 28. He's making so much money. Fans are there to see him. People are paying tickets to see him. There's there's just nothing we can do about it unless he, like, suffers, like, a bruised knee or something, and then he's, he's 70% and he's playing on it. Like, that's the only way they can do it. And Because I, I think it's Damian Lillard, no matter how the season goes. If he's healthy, he's – I think that's just the type of guy he is. And there's just no way – He's not going to go out there and play. All right. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, again, Ty, you're, you're bringing some strong arguments here, man. I can't say that you're not representing that side of it, but I like this. You and I are finally going to maybe uh, disagree on some shit a little bit because I feel like mostly <laughs> we've had some pretty parallel opinions. But listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or send us those fancy dancing emails. Let us know if you are more on Ty's side or my side about this. Where do you think Dame, does he need to be held back? Can he be held back? Does, do we need to be pushing for this eighth seed? Is it something that is, is reasonable uh, to aspire to? Let us know what you think. 
We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with some more Trailcasters. Welcome back. All right, so only a little bit more to cover here. We're going to go over some fantasy league stuff real fast. And we've got Ty and his game previews and betting lines for this next week of basketball. And a few listener questions to touch on from last week as well as some others. So instead of uh, overviewing all this, why don't we just talk about it? Ty, I'm seeing uh, it looks like Stotts Tots, uh, your fantasy team, has been climbing the ranks a little bit, bro. You're now, you're now at the 500 mark. Because Mr. Kyrie Irving is back from his shoulder injury. <laughs> and has right. decided to, he's been going off lately. But now I have another injury. Laurie Markkinen's out for a long time. Oh, so. you lost Laurie Just com- constantly dealing with injuries. But you know what? Stot tots prevail. We <laughs> are fighters. I got a lot of scrappers on my team. So I'm not worried. Y'all should, y'all should be worried about Stot's tots. <laughs> hey, man, I'm feeling pretty good about mine, too. I, uh, I've i actually moved up in. I'm tied for second in the in the conference now, or in the division. Excuse me, yeah. No, it's conference. Yeah, we've got two conferences. I'm tied for second in the conference at 10 and 4, feeling pretty good about it. Uh, and I actually, right now, this week, I'm taking on my wife, taking on Ooh, uh, be, the better dangerous. call Gasols. I know. I, I don't. I wasn't trying to say anything last night. Like I wasn't sure if she knew that we were matched up. Uh, like when I saw that that we were, so I made sure to set all my lamps, get everything ready, so I wouldn't have to be like on the computer in front of her. You could go on her phone and change oh, the put oh, all the on the bench. Oh my god! I know. I know her uh, her lock combo too for their phone. I could depends totally how desperate you are, Keith Smith. Well, she's beat me. She's beat me by a point right now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, after one day, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. The New England <laughs> Patriots way. <laughs> no, oh God, that's horrible. It's everything I am against in sports. Uh, but, it's but fantasy, hey, man. It's fantasy. <laughs> I hear on the. I hear you on the injuries, though, man. I have had. It seems like just a rotating thing of Clint Capella cannot stay healthy. Uh, it seems nah. like he's been day to day on and off. I've had a number of other players. Eric Bledsoe has been, had had some issues. Uh, oh, I had Dwight Powell on my team and just lost him pretty badly to his Achilles the other day. Ugh, that Brutal. sucked. But I did manage to pick up Michael Porter Jr., who's been playing pretty well for me so far. So I'm Love I'm Michael feeling Porter good with Jr. it. Feeling pretty productive. Uh, my biggest teams here. On this what was that? There's a lot of good records on this league. Yeah, dude, we got some players, man. And again, shout out to all all twenty of our teams. You guys all, for the most part, seem to be still pretty engaged. We got. I'm not seeing a lot of missed lineups. I'm not seeing a lot of uh, you know, every now and then someone is sitting on the bench during a game. It happens to all of us. We all forget to set one, or there's always some glitch. I swear I didn't miss mine the other week against CJ. I think the roster glitched out at a or the internet connection or whatever. I'm not taking <laughs> that fault. But uh, yeah, it's good, man. Uh, shout out to all you guys though. Thank you for playing. Uh, and yeah, we're we're past the halfway point now, so. I think Ty, you and I have to maybe start planning out what we're going to do for a prize uh, or, yeah. or like some sort of reward Sounds for whoever. Good. Yeah, find out. Let us know what people want. Yeah, what do you guys want? Uh, maybe does the, the the winner of the league want to come on the show? Maybe. Ooh, uh, that'd be I feel good. like be I, I feel like we can do basketball cards, but I feel like that's pretty plain too. Like we get the basketball cards out for the listener questions. You don't want just cards for a, a year, a full season of playing some fantasy ball. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll get you a guest on the show or something. We can work that out. Let us know, though. Uh, again, write us at Trailcasters on all the social medias or send us those emails. Let us know what you would want from the Fantasy League, and we will, uh, we'll make that happen. All right. Let's talk about real basketball, then. Back to the real thing. Ty, what you got for us this week? We got a couple games. Um, the Blazers play tomorrow. Yes. That, yeah, tomorrow, the 29th of January, against the Houston Rockets on ESPN. Ending this home stand, and I will be there for that one. I'm excited about it, man. Uh, I'm hoping we can uh, get another good – because we beat Houston on the road, right? Yeah, that was our one win on the road. So let's have that happen again, man. Beat Russ down. Yeah, that will be – they got a lot of guys. uh, Russ sat there not just for rest, but I guess Harden's been dealing with a thigh injury. And like you said, with Clint Capella, he can't stay healthy. So um, I don't really know who's in or out for that game yet. Well, of course, Russ sat out for rest, man. Russ sat out for rest so he could be fully ready for Dame. But he's still going to get the beat down. He's, he's going to try and talk all the trash of Dame. He's going to try and rock the baby. He's going to try and shoot threes. And Blazers are going to be like, yeah, you do that. Dame's on fire right now. You can't stop him. So uh, so I think it was Jamie Hudson. Yeah, she treated out a Rockets injury report. And it says that James Harden left thigh contusion and Clint Capella right heel contusion are questionable. So Really? I Harden is questionable? One of, I imagine one of them will play. I imagine Harden will play. I wouldn't be... I mean, they both could play, but I wouldn't be shocked if Harden plays and Capella sits. Um, Blazers Yo, are home. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just gonna say too. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth here. If they want to sit Harden and Capella both, I would be glad 
Well, see, that's the problem, though. Even if they sit Harden and Capella, it's not a guaranteed win for us. It's the, well, they won know, last night against the Jazz. The Rockets did without Westbrook, Harden, or Capella. What? They beat the Jazz. Who, have who do they have like, left on their team? They had Eric Gordon went for 50 points. Dear Eric, God. Eric what? Gordon against the Jazz at home in Utah when they won, like, I think they won, like, 10 or something straight there. Oh, that is not good. a hot winning streak. And then they get beat by a team who doesn't have their stars, who sucked on the road all year. It was just... Just wild. That's why the NBA. That's why we need to get in the eight seed for the playoffs. Anything can happen in basketball. Uh, okay. Um, okay. No way. Anyway. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Quick. Quick aside. Quick tangent here. I got a. I got a tangent off. Uh, I like the. I like what you just did there. By the way, the whole thing of like go for that eight seed. Nice pullback to that one. But I got to take a quick aside here and just rant about something that happened on Twitter. Uh, I won't name names because I respect the dude. Uh, and you know nothing wrong with good debate. I I think this was good debate. But basically. Someone came, uh, Rip City Project put out a tweet about Dame's numbers and compared him to Harden. Someone else came along and said that Harden, uh, Harden blows Dame away and that Dame, the, the, the crux of their argument that I took uh, umbrage with was that they said Dame has had better supporting players around him than Harden has over the last several years. And that got me fucking <laughs> laughing. That is ridiculous, dude. I, even, I went through the roster, the Houston roster from the last several years and just started listing like the nameable players, the people that you recognize, like Capella, uh, Eric Gordon, like you said, Russ, Chris Paul, all these other ones. You don't even have to go far down the list. You name four or five players James like that. James made it work with Carmelo. James couldn't make it work with Carmelo. <laughs> so that's a. I think that gives more credit to Dame than, than Harden. But I'm just saying the idea that this dude, again, respect him. It's okay to have different opinions. And he got mad at me. He apparently didn't like the way that I was debating this. And he didn't want to continue the debate. I think he just didn't want to admit that he was wrong, whatever. Uh, but... There is no way, there is no way that the Blazers have had a better supporting cast than the Rockets have. And like what you just said, there is absolutely no way that if the Blazers were missing Dame, CJ, and Nurk, that we could go in with the rest of our roster, even if they were all healthy underneath that, go into Utah and expect to win that game. So it's, it's just, it's absurd, man. It's crazy to think. But anyway, that's my tangent. Thanks for letting me get that one out there. Back to the game preview, please. Uh, back to it. I think <laughs> that the Blazers will be. I think the. I think Capella and Harden will be game time decisions. Uh, so I think the line will probably be Blazers by three until we get confirmation on that those guys are playing. And if they are playing, then put the. I'll set it as Blazers minus one. So you think Blazers are either favored by three or by one, depending on if those stars are playing? Yeah, I could see it going Rockets favored if they do it. I could see a lot of big money coming in and moving the line to Rockets minus one or two, or I could be also completely off. That's why I'm not an odds maker. <laughs> but um, well, you're saying it, you're saying it could be pretty close to the play, but if they don't play, you are giving the slight edge to the to the Blazers then. Yeah, home they're okay, home cool. favorite. They played well. I think that Pacers win really showed what they can be capable of with some nice. rest. Uh, and I think I think honestly, with Ariza and stuff, I think he's a nice mix in the way Dame's playing. Uh, we show we can beat Houston already, so yeah, we'll we'll put it at three or one if the depending on injuries. I like it, man. Well, hey, I'll I'll sit on that fat line then. Give me Blazers minus three. I'll take that. Uh, and especially like you said, Ariza and Melo both now they are veterans that know Houston's recent system have at the very least some familiarity with the players yep. and the the team and all the rest of it. Uh, I'm not saying that makes the world a difference, but it could be something. I feel like I'm still. I'm still doubting the Blazers kind of hard in a lot of games just off the top of my head because yeah. I'm because it's this this season in my mind is wrecked. This season is is just an injury ridden season, and so any win seems unlikely to me. But I like it. I, I can see where you're going. We've been playing better lately. We've got some roster reinforcement, and maybe this is the game that uh, that yeah helps us push it along to the next one where we get on the road on Friday. What do we got the then? The 31st, we play the Lakers in Staples Center. That'll be the first first game the Lakers play yes. since Kobe Bryant's death. Um, I think the Lakers will probably be, uh, it's hard to tell what the odds makers are going to do. If they're going to put it up big because the Lakers are going to come out and try to win this game, or if they think they'll be kind of emotional and who knows how they'll play. So they, maybe they set it low. I'll set it at five and a half just for that. Five um, and a half in the Lakers favor. Yeah. For the Lakers favorite. Oh, you got me excited for a second. And <laughs> I think the Lakers probably end up covering that. And then I think the Lakers might smash the Blazers. I think LeBron's going to put up a crazy night. It's going to be, I mean, like we usually see Lakers all over social media anyway, but I think after that Friday night game, we might see a lot of Lakers talk and a lot of, is this the season they play for Kobe or is this how they're going to play? Like, I honestly think they're going to probably put the pounding on us. 
respectfully. Yeah, yeah so. I, I, I feel like this... I, I it, It's the emotional game, like you said, so I feel like this could either very much be that. It'll either be a close one where yeah. both teams are emotional and, and playing hard, maybe see some rough basketball, some stuff that's a little sloppy, but it'll just be like a back-and-forth game, or you'll see, like you said, the Lakers just have their heart on their sleeve and are just putting it out there, and there's not much that anyone could do about it. Uh I'm gonna with I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from betting this line <laughs> because I don't, don't blame wanna. you. <laughs> so uh, so th- I I know this is the start of a back to back. But hey, you mentioned earlier these coincidences uh, with these two teams, and I said too, Dame played his first game in the NBA against Kobe when the Lakers came up here. Uh, and you, what were some of the other ones that you you brought up? Um, Dame played his first game against Kobe up here. Uh, LeBron played his first game in Portland when he was a Laker. His first game as a Laker. Right. Um, what else was there? Another one? I don't remember if there's another there, one. There definitely were some others. Uh, one of Kobe's last games, uh, he played up here as well. I well, believe. even like that story now, like even like you can hear like there's a funny like story that I think it's Lou Williams is telling how they played a really bad game one year up here in Portland, and yeah, Kobe yeah, took all this. the Nikes or he took all the Kobe shoes from the players and said, "You guys don't deserve to wear these." Y'all that happened soft. with the Blazers. Yep, uh, the Blazers were the team that blew them out and they fired their was no, no, no sorry that was the caps that was david blatt with the caps but uh yep, yep. <laughs> uh yeah the blazers how are they somewhat the lakers then that like that whole playoff series where the lakers like when kobe tossed it to Shaq on that yep. alley-oop and they beat us in game seven yep. there's a lot of different scenarios with the lakers so it makes it was nice that it, it looked like it was going to be the Clippers tonight, which is an L.A. team. So that's kind of cool that their first game is, is against the Clippers. Obviously, their rival in L.A. But now, obviously, it's kind of cool that he that they get to play the Blazers, who, I mean, Kobe kind of tormented us so yeah for a while. And, so and obviously, a lot of teams fan bases will look and say, like, "Oh, you know, we had like Kobe tormented all of us." Yeah. But I agree. I, I do think the Blazers and the Lakers have had a special relationship. And I, I don't know if every fan base would admit it, but I do think there is something here that is a little different. Like you mentioned the game seven and there's been a lot of individual details as far as the players. Uh, and even just, I think character and kind of personality of the, the fan bases and the franchise and the teams itself, I think are, they, they collide. Uh, they, there's a lot of friction between them. So it's, it's a natural rivalry, uh, whether people want to admit that it's a rivalry or not, because in a lot of uh, eras, these two teams are not on the same level. So yeah. Okay. You do need to be on the same level if you want to have a real like TV time rivalry, but this one does exist one way or the other. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. That's all I wanted to bring up with that game. Let's talk about the last game of the week. It is the second part of the back to back after the Lakers game. What do we got, Ty? They play the Utah jazz home in Portland. Um, Yeah. That's Saturday at seven 30. Um, second night of back to back Utah is very good this year. Um, I want to see if they have a game. Uh, no, they have a day's rest. Uh, I will okay. put the line at Utah minus three. Ugh, yeah, that hurts. So the idea that we're going to be on the road the night before and coming back to Portland, Utah will already probably be here in town resting and ready. Uh, that's a little rough. And like you said as well, Utah has been playing pretty well outside of when they lost to Houston, I guess, without all their stars. That's very interesting. Um, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna make the fan bet here. I'm gonna go against the the Utah line. You're saying minus three for Utah? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the point. Wait, is that right? I'm against the points. Is that what the terminology yeah, was? Going Blazers. See, this is what else we lost on the podcast that wasn't last <laughs> week. We talked about betting terminology. Tried to lay this out for all the laymen's and us newbies That's like right. this. But uh, but yeah. So I'm I'm uh I'm going against the points. Was You're it against right? the spread? Against the spread. There we go. That's ATS. I'm against the spread this week on the Utah game. Not only will I be at the Houston game on Wednesday, but I will be uh I've got some of my last tickets of the season for uh that Saturday game against Utah. So yeah, getting in a, a few more home games before the season winds down here. It's so weird. We talked about this on, on the off-air, too. We are just past the halfway point, and there's only like February and March left of the regular season. Yet the first half of basketball is October, November, December, and most of January. It's it's yeah. odd. It's a weird way that it divides. But it sounds like we both agreed it's probably mostly just due to the football schedule in the fall. Yeah. Kind of spread things out a little more. They realize they can't compete with college football on ESPN and with NFL all the time. So they kind of wait, then they cram it. Uh, yeah. I mean, like that, like we have a game the first, and then we have a game on the fourth, the sixth, the seventh, the ninth, the eleventh, the twelfth. Jeez. I mean, they, they cram <laughs> the games in like that. Yeah, I mean, we had we had one back to back in uh, January. We have two in February, 
and I think one, two, three in March. So yeah, everything is packing in here at the end. That's the way the schedule goes. But we have also seen the Blazers many years in the past. This is the time of year when they start to pick it up. This is the time yep. of year when we may get kind of a really good 13-game win streak going like we've seen before. Or Dame just lights on fire and you know drops a nuke on the entire league. We'll see how long he can keep that going. I don't know, man. Uh, it could happen. It, it could be good things. We'll <laughs> see. Okay, so before we get out of here, uh, again, one last part of the pod that was not last week. We had some listener questions, and this was about the midseason review. So I just want to get shout outs to these guys Nick at coach underscore Nick89 hey! and blanked at zero sum. Hey! Uh, shout out to both of them for writing in. Nick had mentioned disappointment in Baysmore. Uh, obviously, doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So nope. hey, shout out, to, shout out to Nick for that one. There you go, uh, Nick. He also said his biggest surprise this year was Gary Trent Jr., uh, that Gary Trent has been more under control and is moving his feet on defense, isn't forcing bad shots either. I agree. I, I'm, I've been pretty happy with Gary Trent, and so much so, actually, that I've got him on my fantasy squad. He's my, uh, my Blazer representation Ooh. now on the fantasy team. So, yeah, it's working out. Uh, let's shoot over to Seth Morgan at blanked at zero sum. Uh, biggest disappointment is Mario. Yeah, I can't argue with that too much either, man. I really, I really was hoping Mario <laughs> yeah. would be better this year. I think the one thing that I, I wouldn't say he's the biggest disappointment because of the uh, he as much as i hoped he'd be better he didn't have the pedigree he, he was coming in here as kind of like his last chance to do something you know and he just didn't really do it i'm with you on that one i think he's probably the biggest disappointment i thought he might figure it out uh but yeah we, we probably should have known better based off his past yeah i was more disappointed in Bazemore than mario but they both have been pretty bad letdowns i would say blank did say that his biggest surprise this year was mellow i'm with him on that uh, at least for the first half of the season, because I, I guess we wouldn't really count Trevor Ariza in there, right? He only showed up yeah. at the curtain call. But yeah, man, Mello, we said it before in this pod, I never thought I would root for Mello, and never thought I would root for him in a Blazers jersey. And now I'm doing both of those, and I'm enjoying it. Like, he's not playing bad, and he, he's given us he, he, not only I good like production, it. but he looks good next to the other dudes, man. I like him on the team. It's not bad. Yep, I'm with you. I like it. It's been given a nice little more media attention in a way too. I mean, maybe it is more mellow, but seeing the stuff on sports center or whatever, and it's mellow in a Blazers Jersey. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, dude. All right. So, uh, the, the final thing we had here today, and I got to bring this one up, but I do unfortunately have to, uh, to take a bit of a, an L on it. Uh, Oh wait, let's see. Yeah. It's, uh, from, uh, one of our other listeners, Amber Michelle at will black Betty. Hey! Let me find where her tweet was here. She, uh, she wrote us earlier, asking about what were those shoes yeah he says can someone please tell me what shoes ant was wearing last night i thought i read this tweet late i thought she was referring to the game against the pacers where ant wore some old kobe's that said uh mamba rest in peace kobe on the side of him so i you know seemed like a, a i thought that was what she was going for but when i actually looked at the date she was talking about the dallas game so ty i think you've done some research there i think so i th- think i think they were kobe's but i honestly can't tell you yeah, for the, sure. I, I agree. It So, yeah, from what we can tell, Amber, it does look like they were Kobe's in the Dallas game as well, not just the Pacers game. But because we were late in the draw there, we weren't able to actually go back and look up the exact model. Uh, we are not obviously the uh, the serious sneakerheads like uh, no. such as Casey Holdall. If you do want to reach out to someone who might have better answers on that in the in the future as someone who can give you a more immediate response, Casey Holdall at Seahold, friend of the show. Shout out to Casey. He is uh, usually really good with that stuff. Yeah, he's always got sneakers on there, and he's always posting them on the Twitter, and he, he knows a lot about them. So, yeah, definitely follow him. All right, so you know what, Ty? I think uh, two of these questions we had last week when we didn't get them on the show, and then Amber wrote in on her own accord, didn't even need the question prompt. I didn't put a prompt out this week since I knew it would be just you and I kind of reviewing this stuff, but she wrote in anyway, and that's, that's awesome, dude. That's cool support, just like we had uh, Jonathan Sass write in the other week without a prompt, so thank you guys. We really appreciate that. Anytime you want to write in, we will get your stuff on the show as best as possible. You know, We didn't get it last week, but we'll get in here eventually as we're showing now, and I think what we should do, Ty, tell me if you agree with this. Instead of doing a drawing for one of these three, since two of them put in last week and Amber came in on her own, I think we should give all three of them cards. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right, sweet. Well, the winner is all of you. There you go. So, uh, so Ty, it, what do you think? You got some? Uh, you got three cards you can think of off the top I'll of your head? Three Blazer cards. They have to be surprises. They have to okay. let us know um, that they want them because I still have a, quite a bundle of cards that no one has contacted <laughs> us. And said they there want. we go. So you are winners on past shows, but you have yet to receive because I have yet to hear from you. So 
And, 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 you know, and we will, we will reach out to, I'll try and get a little more on top of that. We have both had a crazy start to 2020 and there's been a lot going on, but eventually do us a favor, guys. If you can reach out to us, let us know that you heard that you won. We will get you the cards that we said we would. We've got them here stacked on the, on the side. Uh, and Ty will get these three new blazer cards to our three winners this week. That is coach Nick, uh, zero sum and whoa, black Betty. Uh, so we'll get all this posted up. And please, guys, yeah, write us in anytime, any of the questions, preferably about Blazers, but we'll take anything you like. Ty, if they're going to send us those questions, where do they send them to? At Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or at Ty Delbridge if you want to send the hate mail, or at Rip City Keith. Or if you just want to bug for more cards without winning, go and uh, shoot a tweet over to at TD Sports Cards, right? Is it t- still TD Sports Cards? Or I've changed it now. I've changed oh, it it's changed. to the TD Sports podcast where I uh, have started just throwing on some random like NBA bets uh, I usually tweet about so now I got a little itch to just talk about my bets a little bit more so I'm nice. them on there and gonna maybe get guests on or whatever so yeah I've changed that Twitter up a little bit you can hit me up there if you want to harass me like Keith said send the hate mail at TV Sports Podcast <laughs> or at Ty Delbridge I will uh, respond maybe with some fun gifts because I like to do that so. and you know what else I love Ty I love the fancy dancy emails where can they send us those emails at trailcasters at gmail.com. And on the iTunes, the Google Plays, the Stitchers, the Spotify's, what are we always looking for? Five mother effing stars. Mother effing <laughs> stars. And this music from Odar, these beats can be found at soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats. Please always support clearlyspeakingorgan.com. She can help you out with any speech and hearing needs, and she always supports the Trailcasters, so please support her. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you, Odar, for those fat beats, and thank you to Brenda Nuckton over at Clearly Speaking, and thank you to li- thank you to you listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsy basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Woo! Cool. <laughs>